You got your burger? Yeah, my burger. Got it. All right, you haven't taken a bite yet, have you? Not yet. All right. Need to do it on air. Okay. <laughs> the, the top four? Top, top four, four burgers. Yeah, I dropped. Yeah, I had another one, and it, it went up the ranks. So, I want to know which one fell off. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about a competitor. <laughs> my my uh, my top ones are not in Bloomington Normal. I'll say that. Really? Oh, yeah. Bobby Burger's Palace. Bobby's Burger Palace. I don't know that one. Bobby Fway. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. He has a thing in D.C. and one in Vegas. And yeah. Like good regionalized burgers. Like the Seattle is this like mushroom and wine, and Southwest is all. It's, yeah. it's, it's like all. You come over. It's fine. Oh. Um, I had Reese here, and Justin mentioned you guys might want to talk to him. So I've seen if you still did or not. Oh sure. Send him up if you want. Yeah, yeah sure. Bring him on time. Yeah. Well, with that intro, here we are. Oh, we're Pod going. BN Election Edition debrief. Yes, you're being recorded, Jeremy. <laughs> Slurp that cheese dip mm-hmm. right down there. Just get real close to the microphone. It'll be great. Um, yeah, we're here on location at Little Beaver Brewery. They were nice enough to set us up upstairs. we got enough room at the table here. And we'll have some, uh, some tasty beverages and, uh, and uh, a variety of greasy, delicious food coming at us, too, right? Pretzel. Pretzel bites. What do you got in there? Pretzel bites. Pretzel bites. Beer cheese with bacon. Yeah. I got the burger. JT got the burger. He had the Mott's balls. They're like Bosco sticks, as as Justin said, with uh, some like marinara cranberry sauce or something. Pretty dang good. Awesome. I wasn't going to eat anything, and then I saw the food come up. I'm like, well, that's going to have to. (laughs) Might have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a leap day. Not leap day. What do we call it? Daily savings time today. So yeah, it's an hour hour later. So you'll. uh, Give it about 30 minutes, I'd say, and then you'll be into it. Yeah, that burger looks really good, too. It's yeah. like... I'm going to have I, a bite. I expected, like, almost like a smash burger, like a, you know, and, and that doesn't look like, like... That looks like old school, like, pub-style burger. Okay, fine. Here we go. Yeah. On air. Here we go. Here's the first bite. The problem is, if he hates it, then it's going to be like... <laughs> going, what? Uh, <laughs> looks... It's a really good burger. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I, I get you. All right. All right. Um, so... So yeah, yeah. we're Why wrapping we up here, wrapping up election edition, yeah, that's a right? Really good so how, Tyson, how many uh, how many candidates do we actually end up going through? Oh gosh, I don't know, twenty. I was gonna, um, I, I know it's like fifteen to twenty ish, somewhere in that ballpark. Felt like more. Yeah, at times sure, certainly did. Um, and we did it over what three weeks, four weeks? Yep, four week period. So we recorded almost all, all on the weekend. I know there was a couple one offs that you guys like had to, had to fill in on, but almost all on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so yeah, this is kind of our celebration episode <laughs> because we got through it. We did. Um, normally on a pod BN, we record like once every week or every other week, and then we slammed on all this election edition in a month. So mm-hmm. um, we're celebrating at the place that made it possible, Little Beaver Brewery at Five Finance Drive. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, uh, so, hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Nice to meet I'm you. I'm Schaefer, I'm the chef. Hey, Reese. Hey. Oh, awesome. Nice to meet you. Jeremy, You're killing you, it, man. Could Here you, you go. Appreciate it. Yeah. Could you let, 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 let Jeremy right eat. I'll eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, we just wanted to, um, but so Justin, I think Justin Bellis wasn't able to make it today, right? He's out of town. Uh, I think he's going to be here. Oh, he's going to come on? Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the food. What in uh, what's your inspirations here? Um, what's your background well, that you bring to bear on this? Well, my background is just um, you know I've worked basically from dishwasher up, uh, 
and just kind of fell into loving the the flow and the excitement of being in the rush and you know and making good food um but the inspiration here is not to recreate the wheel or anything but to make what people like make it good make it original but stick to the basics um and stick with fresh ingredients so that's what we're doing um and i think it's going over pretty well yeah um, definitely good bar beer food you know everything goes really well with the beers and yeah and it's nice that they are so creative with the beers that i can pair and make desserts that are equally as creative and give us that outlet that you don't get everywhere else yeah so i think the beer food pairings is, is really cool oh, so yeah. you and chad work together on that does he yeah. come up with like the beers first and you brainstorm on what what food will go yeah usually he'll yeah. tell me you know how in a couple weeks we're gonna have you know this flavor beer whatnot and then i'll be like all right well you know, we may do a cheesecake or a dessert or some kind of, you know, sandwich or something or some wings that are going to go really well with this beer. And, yeah. um, you know, it's turned out really well. So What's one you did recently? Um, so we just had the, uh, they had like the cherry tart uh, seltzer, I think was the last one off. And we did a uh, Hawaiian barbecue chicken and ham sandwich, um, fried jalapeno straws, stuff like that. But uh, and it went over really well. Uh, and, you know, it's just good bar food, you know, good quality food. But... You, you know you're not paying a million dollars for it yeah so, so are you uh are you like professionally trained or you figure it figure it out yourself i am not um i just i started as a dishwasher you know when yeah. i was younger uh-huh. um and just kind of took a passion for it uh worked my way up i've worked every position in every kitchen you know uh-huh. and yeah. it i think it being you know an executive chef now and hiring people who i want to work with me i would rather have people who work in the kitchen and have dealt with coming from the ground up rather than being you know culinary trained because yeah. sometimes those guys don't know how to how to feed 400 people really fast you know <laughs> which is what we have to be really good at doing yeah so how many people you got in your kitchen um my kitchen right now i have eight people okay yeah. wow i think that means something too when the people that you know might be working for you understand that you've worked every position oh too. absolutely <laughs> so and, and another unique thing about you know my crew in our kitchen now is that I've worked with all of these guys for probably at least ten years. Yeah. And it's it's more of a tight knit crew than most kitchens have. And the atmosphere in my kitchen is not like most atmospheres where we it's like a it's almost like a brotherhood rather than you know oh we got to come in and we got to work today you know we all support each other we help each other get our days off and everything but it's nice to have that close. You know, tight knit group because we take care of each other. Yeah, and sure. and they care just as much as I do about the food, which is amazing. I think when uh, when Justin and Chad talked about wanting to get food in here, everybody was kind of wondering what it was going to be like because um, Little Beaver's known for being one of the most creative, you know, micro brews or local brews in, mm-hmm. in, in town for sure. Um, but I think you guys hit it on the head. I mean, all I haven't had anything yet, but I'm excited to try it. But every picture I've seen, all the reviews yeah. I've seen uh, has been has looked really good. I'm staring at Jeremy's sure. burger right now. <laughs> um, so I, I got to ask. That? That is so good. Yeah. Is that? Uh, so that's the bacon jam, and oh we've we've been using the uh, maple porter bacon, uh, the maple bacon porter beer that they have. Um, and we just switched over to another stout. But, uh, yeah, I know the bacon jam is a really cool thing that we uh, – it's one of the many things that we incorporate the beer with, and it gives it that extra little punch that you're not going to get anywhere else. Yeah. So what – because I'm, I'm going to – I told Tyson and Jeremy this before you came up here. I'm actually eating here for lunch here in just a minute, and then I'm coming back for dinner because my wife was jealous that I was eating yeah. lunch here. Uh, so what's your favorite thing on the menu? What do I need to try in one of those two meals? 
Um, so my favorite thing personally, I, I do have to say we have a good burger. Yeah. yeah. Our burger, you know, it's, you know, it's a ground beef brisket right. blend. So it's already good quality. And on top of that, it's just, it's, it's a good burger. Um, other than that, like our Cuban is amazing. And Cuban's my favorite of, yeah. sandwich ever. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I love Cuban. Uh, the spicy ale mustard is super real. It's super good. And, um, we used a little hoppy one for the, uh, spicy ale mustard, which is one of their beers. Um, those I think are the two for uh, is if coming in for lunch I think that's what you go for alright um, but another and another nice thing is that you know like we're baking our, all of our own stuff we're making all of our own sauces we do everything from scratch so we're not buying a bunch of pre-made sauces yeah. all of our salad dressings all of our burger you know toppings everything is made from scratch mm-hmm. so it it does set us apart a little bit and uh, like our mozzarella balls, you know, you're usually going, you're, <laughs> yeah. go, you're going to a place and you're expecting some deep fried, exactly. you know, breaded mozzarella bar where ours are a beer biscuit dough and we wrap fresh mozzarella balls inside of them and then we bake them. And so it's a little bit different. You're not getting that fried bar feel, but it's a little bit more high quality, you know? Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, I, we did not coordinate. I just want to verify this is the first time we've met because yeah, the things that you're bringing up are the things that I talked about when we were plugging you on the podcast. Oh, okay, really? So, like, <laughs> yeah. this is... Yeah, this we is haven't very, talked at all. This is very affirming to, uh, just awesome. so listeners know, I was telling the truth with all these things. That's so. awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I've, I was here for a uh, happy hour a couple weeks ago, and I didn't, again, I didn't eat because I wasn't here for very long, but I saw people have pizza, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, that looked really good. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was on my radar of a potential to get today too yeah Uh, yeah the pizza is definitely um also that's so we're doing we do a beer pizza dough um and we're using either the kolsch or a little hoppy one for that one too and um yeah really thin crust nice and crispy and um the sauce is made in house you know unique to this place you're not going to find it anywhere else. Yeah, cool. So, so one of the things that's kind of cool, especially I'm sure for you, is that they built out this kitchen. So it's all new, right? Yeah. How cool yeah. is I mean, how, how many opportunities have you had so far to work in a brand new kitchen? Never. <laughs> um, wild experience. Yeah, super yeah. cool to see the kitchen being built and being designed and kind of being a part of that. Um, kind of makes you realize what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, you know, what you thought was a good idea and what wasn't. But, um, no, it was super fun just to be a part of being able to help design the kitchen and working with these guys to kind of make it what we want, you know, Mm -hmm. for the situation that we have right now. Do you guys do any uh, catering or anything yet, or is it all just in-house ordering now? Um, We do some – we can do banquets and we can do some catering. I'm – I'm open to whatever. Yeah. And I and I like challenges. And we've had some other people that have come up in the last couple of months, and they're like, you know, well, we want to do something like this. I said, you you just tell me what route you want to go, and I'll design a menu for it, and you let me know if you like it or not, you know? And, it, uh, and further on down the road, we will get, you know, COVID and all that. Yeah, Once yeah. we get out of that and we can do banquets and catering sure. and go to people's houses and make a nice experience for people. Um, we'll have a big, we'll have a good set catering and banquet menu. But right now, you know, I'm kind of one of those people that's just like, well, just tell me what you want and I'll make that happen. Yeah. You know, I am super torn right now between burger, Cuban, and pizza. So, mm. um, well, Jeremy's th- already plugged the burger on the show. So maybe <laughs> I know, do, but it looked good. Maybe we should do Cuban. Hey, now. Just, why don't you just split them all? Come back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, get half and half. Maybe, yeah, yeah I, I think I'll pro- I'm probably going to do the Cuban for lunch because it is my favorite sandwich it's, ever. Yeah. Do, you yeah. won't be disappointed. I love Cuban. Yeah, the beer braised pork is phenomenal. You know, yeah. we cook it for eight hours and it. it 
It's good. All right. Yeah. Well, something I think is so cool about Little Beaver too is the way that it's added to the community. You know, it comes oh, from absolutely. like a, all just started with Chad in his in his garage, um, starting to starting to pursue his hobby. Right. If anyone wants to go back, one of our very first Pod Beyond episodes a couple of years ago was interviewing Chad. Um, I think when he had just moved into this facility, I believe that's yeah. when we talked to him. And now here in that, just the kitchen staff alone that you've got, mm. you got eight people employed locally um, with good steady jobs. You got um, you got the beer going outside of our community too, bringing money into it, mm. growing us. Um, I think it's just a great success story, and uh, so it, it's cool to. We've heard the the drink side of it, so it's very cool yeah. to hear the, the food side of it. Too. Well, and I love I, I love the local aspect because you know as soon as the, as soon as we get into that warm weather and that season starts. I'd much rather go to local people in town and get fresh, you know, that's the amazing, good tasting produce and the good quality stuff that you're looking for. And, and supporting local is what we're all about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like I'm, you know, I'm born and raised in Bloomington, Norma and, you know, and a lot of my kitchen guys are too. And I'd love to just be able to provide for the rest of these guys. And then there's a couple of farms and people out there that have great stuff and I can't wait to use it. That's cool, man. Well, you got to get radio voice too, because I'm looking at these dials on the computer, and you're filling the bars up really nice. So, uh, <laughs> good. Well, so uh, yeah, if you ever want to, if you want to jump from uh, from cooking to podcast, that's good to know. Yeah, you got a good, you got natural talent coming in there. So cool. Well, thanks for stopping by to awesome. talk to us. Awesome. Really I nice appreciate to meet it, fellas. Yeah. And uh, we'll send down a couple orders for Cubans here in a little bit. Yeah, perfect. It's happening. Hey, thank you very much, All guys. Man. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Enjoy. It's really good. Thank you very much. Also gave Jeremy a chance to just like shove all that food. Yeah, in two <laughs> reviews. he downed that burger pretty good. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was the watching. Bur- burger's done. Um, that sauce is stupid good. That so, I, I looked at him and was like, "What is this sauce?" So that's why he started talking. Yeah, the bacon I, uh, jam. Oh man. I, so I'm, I'm like honestly, Cuban is like my favorite sandwich in the world. All right, and so I'm I, I'm very excited to try that. All right, um, but so back to what we were saying then. Uh, we were uh, yeah. So I counted it up: 20, 20 candidates in <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. in four weeks. Um, it was more than last time because we had all the mayoral candidates. Yeah, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, so. I mean, I, I guess I had a question for you, Jeremy. You you didn't do this last time. We had some help from Zach Deepmeyer last time, um, but you've been uh, you've been listening for a while to us. You you did more episodes than anybody. Uh, you were on almost every single one of them. So, what was your motivation to spend so much of your time this way? You're a busy guy. Why do you want to set aside so much time and, and, and do this? Yeah, I mean, as you know, I I have a passion for community and. Uh, politically minded uh, I, I think local is super 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 important and I, I know I've talked to you uh, multiple times of I think there's there's an information gap out there that you don't you're not able to understand a candidate off of uh, clips in the pantograph for GLT or, or that you need that long-form conversation to really get to kind of know somebody this is an avenue for that it's not out there um, so I, I think this is I don't want to say public service. I mean, that sounds a little off, but there's an element of that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, different friends that ask me, hey, what do you think about the candidates? Through my job, through other stuff, we're able to talk to those people, and, and I get to know them a little bit. Everybody else doesn't get that. Yeah. So this is that opportunity to just kind of catch them straight up, talking things through, back and forth. And uh, I had so many friends this time that when we were sharing stuff out, they're like, wow, you know, I didn't see this anyplace else. This is good. This changed my view on, on a candidate. 
yeah, for or against, honestly. And well, we're all the kind of people who will just sit down and talk to someone, right? Like, I'll, I'll reach out. When I see someone being involved in something, I'm interested in, in hearing why they're doing it and who they are. Well, that's what I'll the s- podcast was, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, before the election edition, like, when we when we started talking about doing PodBN, we said we just want to talk to people that we would probably have a cup of coffee with anyway. And I think uh, Tyson and I, both being politically minded, um, we naturally... It, when I see someone running for office, like, well, Kelby's a good example. I, I mean, when Kelby uh, comes to an announced, um, I reached out to him and said, hey, let's grab a cup of coffee um, because I d- didn't know him and he was running for office and could be an alderman. So I'm like, I want to get to know this person. Um, so that's just the type of thing that we did anyway. And I think going back to the original idea of the podcast, we always said, well, why not record it and put it out there and, and see what, give it to other people as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's the election edition was hard. Like honestly, like I, I went through a job change in the last year. I've, I've moved in the last year. I mean, just everything. And then we we took this on. Um, and there were times that I did not want to talk to people. <laughs> like to, that, you know that. And it's we, just not as much fun doing it on a Zoom call, right? Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. It's just really not. I, I have uh, my whole day is. is Skype calls, Zoom yeah, calls, yeah, and so same. it's just like, oh, in my free time, I'm going to spend four hours talking to people. Like, it's it's it was, but it was rough at times. My point was like, even even if I didn't want to get on the call after I did it, I was glad I did. Uh, it's kind of like, like kind of like the workout, right? Like like you never want to do it until it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was glad I did. Even the ones that maybe you know I didn't. I didn't necessarily agree with their political view or anything like that. It still gave them an opportunity to try to explain themselves. Some did a better job than others of doing that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like, to go back to what you said, Jeremy, I don't know if it's a public service or not. Some people probably view it as that, some don't. But I did like, I saw I saw other candidates sharing the podcast. Yep. I saw elected officials sharing the podcast, um, you know, referencing, hey, this is a good opportunity to get to know these people. And that's what, that's what our goal was, so. Yeah, so, I mean... <clears throat> So maybe we should talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned, like, you don't see this kind of stuff in the Panagraph GLT. Their, their structure is just different. Their goal and their structure is different than ours. Um, and, yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's not a knock either, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you get three inches of, of, uh, of article space. Yeah. And a lot of people are too... A lot of people aren't interested in listening to nine hours of podcasts in order to comb through everything to figure out who they support, right? They want to have the quick hitters. They want to have the summaries. They're busy. Right. Like, respect for that. I, I don't, I don't, you know. But others are going to jump on a bike and go biking for an hour and, and or treadmill or whatever and just want to kind of yeah. zone out and listen. Yeah. So, I, I mean, going back to how I wanted to structure it as if you were having that cup of a cup of coffee with somebody and talking to them and again when you record it you're you're never a hundred percent the same as if you'd be in person right you'd probably be a little bit more blunt about some things in person or, um but trying to put people at ease as possible to let them portray to people who they really are and what they're really all about that's that's my goal both in person and when i'm recording something right i'm i'm not going to meet someone for the first time sit down with them and start arguing about like the the underlying facts and data and the minutia of what they're talking about, I'm probably going to just seek to understand where they're coming from. Now, if it's something I know a lot about, right, I'll probably push back on some things. Like, Justin, if someone said something to you about the downtown task force that you just knew was completely wrong, you'd be like, no, it's not. Or, or Jeremy with the sport complex, if they're like, well, they just want the whole thing to be completely publicly funded. You'd be like, ah, it's really not how that's right. happening. But most things... If someone starts talking to me about their view of COVID statistics, I have not looked close enough at COVID statistics to know one way or the other. So if Mark Teratilli says something about that, 
don't know. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to ask clarifying. Here's your point. Then if someone like Ryan Denham wants to come in and dig into the numbers and write something, then, you know, that's the information. They put it out there, and you, you give people that information to react to. I think the distinct, distinction is important, too. Um, you know, came up on Facebook about what our role of the podcast is, and it's just to have that conversation and not to... I mean, we're going to challenge a little bit, like you said, Tyson, if we know the information. But honestly, like, we're all just jamming this stuff in on weekends. Like, we don't have the time to research all this, th- all these things. But their opponents might, media, other media, real media outlets, not us, might, right? Um, I don't think any of us try to make them, uh, you know, tell people that we're journalists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we, we just are people that like to talk to interesting yeah. people. So. The, uh, the example, as I was listening through a couple more of them to get ready for this, uh, I think I listened to all of them. It's a lot. Um, I listened to some of... <laughs> I listened to at least some of all of them. Uh, the ones that were rele- most relevant to me, I definitely listened to. The ones I would be voting on. But the one that stuck out to me uh, a lot was when you guys talked to Patrick Lawler. And he was talking about his views on COVID and his views on the, the different measures that were taken. And Jeremy, I know from talking to you that you know a heck of a lot about the legality or lack of legality of certain actions taken. Like, can the Liquor Commission legally find somebody, right? You know a lot about that. And he was sort of talking on that topic and said things that I know you personally disagree with right. and have information that would contradict what he had to say. Right. Um, you didn't offer that up. Right. You asked him to clarify. And... Then after that, he told, to me, one of the most compelling parts of the whole thing, talking about his grandmother and not being able to visit her. And he got very you know, teared he got, up. He got emotional about yep. it. Resonates well with me. I haven't been able to see my dad very much. Um, and, like, you understand where he's coming from, right? You understand that he's making personal sacrifices related to this. He's not asking people to do anything that he's not willing to do himself. He understands that. You understand his values a bit more. Um, you're sympathetic, you let him portray himself, and then you move on. If instead you had deviated off and was like, um, well, actually, you know, what's the constitutionality of the Liquor Commission? You start arguing about laws and political philosophy, and, and you know, that that's one way you could go. But then we would have missed out on that very authentic moment that I think a lot of people could relate to with him um, and understand him a lot better. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we've all three talked about how uh, the point of the podcast is it's not about us. Right, that it's about hearing the people. It's, it's letting them talk, letting the candidate go, and we all have our views. And and I think all three of us have different views to some I, degree I think, here, and, right? And I think that's actually a very important note. Is, is that I mean, Jeremy, you and I did several of the podcasts together, and I think um, on many many issues we don't agree, right? <laughs> um, right. And we were still able to have conversations with people that may lean more towards you or more lean towards my beliefs. Um, and we did that because we didn't make it about us, right? right. We let, we let them talk. Now afterwards, off air, you and I probably had good conversations yep. about about things, but um, that wasn't the point of the podcast. And if someone wants to come up to me afterwards and say, "Hey, you know, what do you think of so and so when he was on was on your podcast?" Like, I have no problem telling you my opinion then. Um, but my, my the point during the show isn't to spread my opinion, isn't to change anyone's minds on that person. They can listen to it, and make up their own minds. Yeah. So to that point, then, um, th- there is no guest here right now. So let's make it about us. <laughs> yeah, today, right today's now. all about me and getting a cue today. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we came up with a few like kind of uh, topic 
starter questions here. So, uh, and I don't think we want to go in like race by race and say like, who do you endorse? Who's your pick? If you got some picks, you know, throw them out. It might come out, but we'll see. Yeah. So, um, so maybe let's, let's start it this way then. Justin, you and I have talked a lot about how people can be good candidates and bad for the position and vice versa. Yeah. Like there's people who'd be very, very effective lawmakers but who don't know how to campaign. Right? Yeah, and I think that I think that's more common than getting someone that's good at both. Yeah, you see that across the board. Um, yeah. Or you can have people who are very good at who very good candidates who It's cuz it's a very different skill set, right? Yeah. I mean I mean t- especially depending on the position too, right? Cuz in Bloomington, uh, the mayor doesn't vote unless there's a tie. Um, in normal the mayor votes and the normal the council's at large in Bloomington there so it's very different I, I, and, and you campaign differently because of that and then you also govern differently because of that mm-hmm. um, so to find someone that's at the going for the right position with the right skill to campaign and the right skill to do the position it, it, I think is, is going to be very rare yeah. Um, so yeah I mean we can see that we can be critical on man they'd be so great for this position but they're, they're not very good at campaigning yeah um, and, and then we can see the other where like this person's super good at campaigning I'm not sure if they got the experience at all to do the position, yeah. but they are a very effective campaigner. Or, or it could be both. So, um, so you know, not not speaking yet to competency for the position or fit for the position or something. Who stands out to you as the as particularly strong candidates in Bloomington Normal right now, and why? Based on what? Based on the campaign they're running, or yeah, yeah the campaign you're you're um, you're talking with them did you find them to be like a compelling candidate uh, I, I would say okay. one thing like are they are they portraying like a clear message do you know what they stand for okay because that's different so that's different yeah because when you when i think campaign i think of who's getting uh the most media who's getting the most publicity who's getting their message out there whether that message makes uh, sense okay. or not okay. the normal okay. race normal mayor's race to yeah me, yeah yeah, there. yeah yeah absolutely um i mean mark tiratilli both, is a, both sides both sides mark tiratilli is a great campaigner and i mean he's had four years to do it mm-hmm. right which i I think is helps. Uh, yeah, he lost four years ago, but he never stopped campaigning, um, and I think that helps. He, honestly, the only misstep I think he's done in the last four years, which is just so stupid that I, it sticks out to me like a sore thumb, is he changed his logo. And I don't know why that bothers me, but if you're going to campaign for four years on consistency and then you change your logo in the last couple months of before the election, it just bothered me. Oh, marketing guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, like, I didn't even notice. It, most people don't, <laughs> yeah, right? right? But it's the consistency yeah. of it. I'm like, why did you do yeah. that? Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a strong campaigner. Um, he, he stays on message. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, yeah, I think he's a very strong campaigner. And, and Miracus has done a very good job this cycle. I think last cycle he was weak, and I think that was uh, showing at the ballot box and when he only he won knows by he has to work for it yeah. this time yeah. yeah yeah so yeah I think those are two good examples I think the People's First Coalition I mean yep. just the fact that I can say that and you know who I'm talking about yep. shows that they're pretty strong campaigners um so yeah those 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 two races or those two groups stick out at me mm-hmm. to me yeah the same ones on my mind um you know if you look at the Bloomington uh mayoral race I think you you know what Jackie represents you know what she's bringing to the table you know who she is um, and uh, I hear that from people who don't follow it too closely it's like I I, I understand that Momoko was, has been on council for 10 years I've never heard his name before um, I don't know who this Straza guy is or really what he represents seems like he wants to run government like a business but Jackie like I got it she's clear She's, uh, she, I know what she's saying, which is, to me, shows a good campaign. A good so campaign. that's interesting to me, too, is that I actually think uh, your comment on Straza 
wants to run it like a business. I've heard that as well. I don't think he's said that. No. I think that's been Jackie's group that say that, which again makes them effective campaigner, right? <laughs> You're allowing your opponent to frame your message, um, which you, you shouldn't do. Um, so yeah, uh, going back, I think I think that's been she's been a very effective campaigner. Yeah. Um, and she was good on the podcast. I mean, she's very likable. Um, great, gave a great plug for Little Beaver. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, yeah. yeah, saves every time a candidate actually had something to say about him. I was like, Phew. <laughs> this is just one less ad we had to do because I was really yeah. running out of stuff. To well, say those first know. couple were. Uh, have you been a Little Beaver? No. Oh shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the next couple were like, Oh yeah, absolutely good. This is much better. But, but the thing yeah. is, if no one li- listened to the podcast, comes a Little Beaver afterwards, I think every candidate will after they went through our podcast. Oops, yeah. right. Well, they told us they would. It was a campaign promise so we're right. gonna hold them we're gonna hold them accountable at the their next first election. open house as a candidate as, as elected official last so one one final question for you. <laughs> last time you were on podbean you said you were gonna go to little beaver so how was it yeah. <laughs> but, but getting back to your labeling on the people's first uh, i'm totally with you on that of yeah. of they have if nothing else defined themselves very clearly and are to your point defining their opposition now yeah and uh you know I, you're seeing that with uh the the John Reed, um, yeah, <laughs> local that that I, I sent something to Tyson the other day that it's like a school board race, something happens, and so therefore you need to vote in this city council race because, and I'm I'm like this is these are two different things, but they are defining us and them, yeah, and you know I I personally don't agree with it, that position, sure. right, but. Um, I can at least tip my hat and say, yeah, they're doing a very effective job of, of marketing and labeling it. So this is a question that's actually on Facebook today. I saw it on Facebook today, and I've, I've, I've toyed with this question before, um, is what what is the difference between a coalition and a pack, really? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I would like to have this discussion, because like I said, I literally just saw uh, something on Twitter actually about it. Um, and so let's just define them the best we can and please you yep. two feel free to correct me on anything but a pack is a they have paperwork to file with the state board of elections political so that, action that, committee that is one difference is they do have paperwork to file but there are cl- the people that believe something collectively right we we have these kind of thoughts in common let's pool our resources resources being money together and support candidates that also believe in these things that we believe is that an adequate mm-hmm. description it's of what like a pack like book is? definition okay yeah. all right and also like Jeremy, this is your job, right? Yeah. Like your job, <laughs> Jeremy's job is PACs. Right. So, and I know you can't talk too much about yeah. it, but if Jeremy says that's a good definition, yeah, th- this would be one thing that. Oh. So, that in sports complex, you're, you're, <laughs> my, you're my go-to yeah. guy. So, my my definition. This is the one where I'm not as big of an expert. Is uh, is a coalition, right? So, my idea of what a coalition is is a group of people that all agree with similar things. And they pool their resources, which can be money and other things like labor and that type Mm -hmm. of stuff, volunteerism, to go towards a common goal. And I just don't see that big of a distinction between those two. And the reason why this is relevant is because the People's First Coalition has given a lot of shade and flack to people that have been receiving PAC money. Yeah. Uh, You know, why would you take, they call it big money, even though often packs local $1,000 locally right. is not big money. Yeah. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. uh, why would you take money from this pack? We are getting from individual people, but they're a coalition. And, and I'm not... But the money I'm, from I'm, the pack I'm comes asking from for information people. here. Yeah. I, I, will, I mean, I, as of today, as of this, me talking, I don't understand the difference let, outside yeah. of some paperwork. Let, let, me ju- let me jump in. One of the big differences, and this is something packs get a really bad rap on, is packs are transparent. 
So PACs, you have to file as far as who's who you're giving money to, who's bringing money in. Everybody can see it. It's public information. So it's out there. Now, people can you know get mad and shake their swords or pitchforks or whatever at PACs and, and what they're doing, but they are transparent. Um, the difference on a coalition, do we need to know who gave to people first? Do, yeah. do we have any way to find out who's funding them? Who? And, and so you can make all these messages of, uh, you know, this side's doing that. And then you look behind and you're like, maybe one of the parties is giving people first coalition money. Maybe um, Jen Creel's organization is, is giving resources or staffing or money or. And I want to be clear. I'm not against coalitions. Yeah. I, I'm what I'm, what I'm questioning is the coalitions mm-hmm. shade they're throwing towards PACs. Yeah. Because I mean, Again, if a pack, I, I, there's nothing wrong with packs. Packs are just people grouping to money to resources together to help a candidate. Mm-hmm. Now, you might agree with some packs more than other packs, and that's fair. That's a whole different argument. Yep. Um, but just the idea of a pack in general, I don't see as that much different than what I've seen the coalition do. That's yeah. probably my reg- that's probably my biggest regret is that we didn't try to get more clarity on that from any of those four candidates when we talked to them. Um, I think my, and I don't I don't think I talked to any of them. I don't I didn't interview any of them personally. I think I kind of discouraged you guys from really pressing hard on that for the sake of not being confrontational, right? And it's sort of inside baseball stuff, too. Like, yeah. all of us have worked on campaigns before, so we're sort of like, it's a little bit academic and not quite issue-related. It's messaging-related, though, so I, that's probably my biggest regret is that we didn't really dig into that. I did, go, I did go into it with one of the People First candidates. Oh, you did? Uh, and, yeah. and it was, okay. I can't remember, it came up very organically of the messaging of uh, we are nonpartisan, we are nonpartisan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, something was said along the lines of, like, you know, Democrats are... Is that, are, is that yeah, the I think one? it was Willie. Yeah, Democrats are Republicans jumping in and helping, and, <laughs> and I was like, well, hold on a second, People's First is jumping in, and, yeah. like, how is that different? And, and so to your point, Justin... Um, for me, I not only question the PACs coalition distinction, like to me it's hypocritical, right? Yeah. That they're doing this. Well, you're doing the same thing. Um, but it's also the party coalition distinction. Like, well, you shouldn't have parties here. You shouldn't have Democrats or Republicans helping in municipal non, nonpartisan races. <clears throat> Excuse me. You shouldn't have them helping in nonpartisan races, but we're okay with coalitions. Well, what's that difference? Yeah, yeah and I'm sure someone that's in this coalition is probably listening to this right now and getting mad or angry. And, I mean, I welcome the conversation. Please understand it's not out of any, any crew. Um, you know, I'm not I don't think to they're negative. doing anything. I mean, I don't think they're I necessarily just, doing anything wrong. Yeah. I think there's kind of a – there's a distinction without a difference. Is that the term? Yeah. Or a difference without a distinction, whatever. Like um, – and especially when you talk about the structural advantage that one candidate over the other has, like, not to, um, I mean, I guess I'll be transparent. I'm I'm doing work on the Straza campaign. I, he's he's, um, I'm, I'm assisting with his data needs. I'm helping build a, a, a database for him, okay. and so I, uh, you know, to the whatever degree, you know, disclosing that, being free on that, um, I still think I can be. Uh, you know, I'm biased and step back and see how the campaigns are going. Um, I see the People's First Coalition as having the biggest structural advantage. They um, they have access to Vote Builder, the the Democrats' um, uh, voter database. They have access to a lot of Democrats. If they want it, I don't know if they're using it. That, but they can't that's get not it, because they they're a coalition, though, right? I mean, I, that's from not, my, actually, we can. We, Patrick yeah. just came here, who's the chair of the Yeah, you're timely. So, could, so, <laughs> so he can step in here, too, while I go order a Cuban. But I think I think to uh, to get that access, they had to say they're a Democrat. So, yeah. Um, Which, I, I mean, Jackie ran as a Democrat. Sure, and no So surprise. I'm sure she can. But, um, 
Yeah, my, my point is that I don't see a big... I, I feel like they actually have the biggest structural advantage. They've got a volunteer base. They've got a database already set up. They don't need to hire someone like me to build a database for them. They right. have a database. Um, that's, again, a little inside baseball there. But uh, I, I think that it's probably a genuine misunderstanding of how it, it is going on. Um, and I don't really know that anyone should vote one way or the other based on that. No, it's I don't just something I observed. I just, I just question the authenticity of the message, though, when it's like, the other people are doing this, and they're bad for doing that. And, and I, I think that we're kind of all hitting around that a little bit. Yeah, and we can see that with more than just a PAC coalition argument, right? Yeah. And that's that's mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of what politics is, I guess, yeah. is blaming the other person for the thing that you're doing also. Yeah. <laughs> I actually want to drink, um, but you can go order your food. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna let you introduce Patrick. Yeah. And then uh, I'll go order my Cuban. Yeah. Um, do you put, want it me on, get you? put it on my tab. Okay. Um, you want me to get you something? Yeah. Um, give me whatever drink you're getting. I hope I'm we're editing this out. Are you drinking Gatorade? Um, <laughs> Are we editing this me, out? <laughs> <laughs> Ordering the food on air. Give That's me fine. a uh, give me an IPA. IPA. Kind of, I'll yeah. get you an IPA. Anybody else need anything? I go down. Diet. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you guys talk then. I'm gonna go order. Food. Well, how about you? How, sit down with a mic free pad, right. and then we'll we'll get I'll you. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Sorry about yeah. that. So we let a few people know that we were meeting up here today if they wanted to stop by. And uh, Pat Cortezzi, uh, who's uh, Justin and my friend, also happens to be the the uh, chair, right, of the McLean exactly. County Republicans? Yep, yeah. yep. I was uh, elected. Uh, McLean County Republicans? Sorry. McLean <laughs> you said McLean County Republicans. Yeah. I'm like, right. I wasn't aware there was a change. <laughs> I was elected a few months ago in January. Yeah. Cool. So friend first. Uh, political chair second dude. exactly wear whatever, exactly wear whatever hat you want um so yeah i mean we were kind of going into that a little bit uh you know kind of what is the uh i'm curious of what what it means for a nonpartisan race for the democrat party locally because um on the one hand it'd be like oh it's nonpartisan, so we're not getting involved but a lot of local issues really affect people and are aligned with democratic principles as well so uh you know kind of what how's how's the party struck oh, that man. balance here, it, this is this is a, a tricky subject you didn't know how you to walk a right very into. very fine line <laughs> if you want to go get a drink first <laughs> no, no. um so we as a party the way we are set up currently um are essentially not allowed to get involved in nonpartisan races um overtly as a party, individual members, of course, can support whoever they want and do whatever they see fit um, to support those candidates. Um, but we as a Democratic Party cannot um, overtly pick a candidate over another in a nonpartisan or, um, like, say, like a primary style kind of race. Yeah. Um, but uh, so what's your kind of... What's your kind of take on things then? How's that? <laughs> so then what what, uh, what can you do? Like, what you, can you... You want to encourage people to be involved, right? Sure, so. sure. So um, knowing I was walking into this type of situation, of course, being involved in the party for as long as I have, this isn't anything new. Um, so my approach was to, um, from a party perspective, to encourage people to... A, get out the vote, because we all know in these types of races, voter turnout is what? You probably know this better than I do, 10, 12%, yeah. 15 tops. Yeah. Um, a handful of votes can make a difference. So um, it was super important to get out the vote. 
um, and to encourage people to find whatever candidate they support um, and get behind them. Work on their campaign, donate money, um, obviously go out and vote, get their friends to vote. It was really important to do that. For those reasons you just mentioned, there are some very important issues um, at stake in this election. And the only way it's going to get resolved to people's satisfaction is if they get out and vote. Mm-hmm. What kind of issues are? Can you, can you name some local issues that are particularly important to? I mean, to you, I would say just in particular. Maybe you can switch to friend mode now. What oh, kind of, so this, all right, you can so switch friend. out of chair mode now. <laughs> what, what are you looking for in people? Like, what, what's? Uh, and I know it's the same thing for you, Jeremy. Like, kind of, what are you looking for in a candidate? What kind of characteristics, messages? Sure. Issues? Somebody, of course. I mean, that has some integrity, who's honest, who's upfront, that um, has a message or an idea that inspires me. That's what I look for in, in a candidate. Um, because I live just south of Bloomington, I'm just outside the city limits. And, oh, you are okay. Um, so, unfortunately, I don't get to vote in either Bloomington or normal elections. Um, so yeah. I don't know that I've got Not a horse in any of those races. Okay, all right. But what would be so? What would maybe what would be like a issue that the Democrats would care about? I'm switching back and forth. Okay, so now, now as, now a, Demo- as a as a Democrat, <laughs> what's the issues that you're? Uh, what's in that local issue? That you're well, reporting? I think we want both cities, Bloomington and Normal, um, to thrive, right? Because. If one of them successful, we're all successful. So, of course, we want to see that. So, as far as mayoral candidates, we want a mayor, um, ideally, that has a vision um, for their town or city, uh, a mayor who's able to work with um, a wide variety of people, and a mayor who's willing to take chances, who's willing to take risks and be able to look at the big picture and make things happen. And I think we're looking for um, alder people or um, city council members that would support that type of vision, that type of uh, initiative. And then, of course, um, something that's kind of doesn't get a lot of attention, but we're making a lot of progress in lately, um, are the township races, right? I mean, that's how yeah, those are the, partisan. the recent, those are definitely partisan, and that's that kind of stepped off this recent resurgence in, in the local Democratic Party. When Sarah Grammer um, and, and a few others kind of took over normal township offices. That woke a lot of people up go, hey, this can happen, right? This, this is something that's viable. This is something that's doable. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've doubled and tripled down on that idea this, this cycle. Um, so not only do we have a full slate running in for normal township, we've got candidates running in townships all over the county. How about you, Jeremy? What are you uh, What are you looking for in people? Uh, some some very similar. I mean, you and I talked about some uh, kind of a, a list of characteristics the other day, um, and one of the things that be, yeah, the integrity, all that. I I look for somebody that's willing to listen and uh, will seek to understand instead of uh, being understood and, and arguing their point all the time on both sides of the aisle. Um, it, for me, that tends to personally lean more towards a moderating uh, voice versus an extreme left or extreme right. Um, so, And both sides, right? But yeah, I, I really look for that. I, I commented that in a couple of the races that I really like, um, even though there's candidates that I don't personally, I wouldn't, like I've told Tyson after a couple of these podcasts, I really like that person, and I'm glad they're in the race. I would never vote for them, um, but I'm really glad that they're there. 
and then there's been candidates that had my views that I'm like, yeah, I'd only vote because we share the same views, but I wouldn't want to work with that person, right? Well, sure. And so I, I look for those people that are trying to collaborate, trying to listen, trying to have the integrity, trying to work across the aisle. And I understand that sometimes that means like you got to stand passionately for your your view, and that's okay. Um, but do it respectfully, do it non hypocritically, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, yeah. yeah I, have, I have on my on my list like being passionate without being angry. And that's a fine line, right? And it's sort of it's subjective too, right? And there are things you should be angry about. I mean, there's there's it's not like you just need to be okay with everything that's going on. But um, I find that the angrier someone is, the less they are open to that hearing that other side. Right? They're, they're not able. My my goal is always to be able to articulate the view of the people who disagree with me. I feel like if I yes. can't say why someone disagrees with me, I don't really understand my position well enough. And if I'm just angry at them and trying to attack them, then I'm not able to do that, right? My, my lizard brain gets activated, and I'm just going for blood, right? And so you got to calm down to the point where your passion can be directed. Um, and I think you see that in... Uh, I think you see both in some of the candidates, and, and again, I don't... I don't want to call out particulars, but if you listen to the podcast, you can hear some do I could do go over. <laughs> Justin from the back row. <laughs> I, I think you, well, I mean, I'll go say, I'll go ahead and say one of them, Steve Harsh. I mean, he seems very upset. He seems very angry about things. I don't, I don't know if he, uh, I, I think that he's justified. And when you hear his story about the way that his business was um, impacted by different regulations. I think if my livelihood was really severely diminished and taken away by by government action, I'd be really upset too, right? I, I understand he he has a great deal of that, but I think he went to the point, even talking to you, Jeremy, who you guys share a lot of views, he yeah. seemed kind of even attacking you at some points yeah. and things. And I, I do, it, it does does bring about but, concern. And, and to that point, with, with that podcast specifically, um, I was purposely, because I was by myself for that one, right? Mm-hmm. So I was purposely trying to say, well, hey, the other side would say this. So to your point, being able to articulate the other side and say, let's let's think about that. The other side would say this. What's your response to that? Because if you're well thought out, you if you're on left or right, and you stand in your principles and you've thought them through and they're solid, you should be able to defend yourself mm-hmm. and, and defend your position. And he actually at one point said, like, well, what would you do? And I'm like, I, I'm not running. Like, <laughs> like this is this is your call. But I, I was laughing to myself because I felt like he thought I was, uh, you know, on Patrick's mm-hmm. side of the ticket, and I'm clearly not. And and that was that was the interesting yeah. with with that viewpoint. So, but I but I had that on the on the flip side. I felt like there, and I'm I'm not going to call anybody out, but there was a, a podcast. <laughs> we'll let Justin call him up when he gets up here on the mic. Eat, eat your Cuban, bro. Either be on the podcast or not. But but there was there was there was one of the candidates on on the left side that uh, I felt started to get a little you know boisterous or a little voice mm-hmm. and and it's it's like you know well, okay I'm just gonna sit here and be quiet because with that one specifically I didn't want to be the well let me take the opposite side and and push and fight you know I didn't want to be the token conservative here and and, yeah. <laughs> and slam yeah. it back because to your point when we started this that's not what this podcast is about it's about letting the people on both sides expose themselves for who they are yeah and i don't mind seeing or in case of this podcast hearing passion right hearing hearing a little little drive as long as they're standing on their principles and those principles are consistent with who they are um publicly or as a candidate i think that's actually probably a good thing 
it, as a voter, yep. um, and even as, as a chair, honestly, I admire and respect and find it easier to work for and with candidates who are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you mentioned, th- th- there is a little bit of a line, right? You can't be angry for the sake of anger. Um, you, you've got to have some some reasoning some behind focus it. To you've it. got to yeah. have <laughs> something um, behind your um, behind yourself um, to back that up. And then it can go the other side where you see people sometimes who just don't seem to have any passion, and it's like, why are you even running, right? Like, it, it's just sort of. Like, well, you know, I just, what no one else was running, so it seemed like, yeah, why not? You know, um, there was there was one guy who, I can't remember his name right now, but there was a guy who didn't end up getting all his petitions, uh, signatures in for mayor, but what GLT interviewed, he announced he wanted to do it, and what GLT interviewed him, he was just basically like, man, you know, I was like, yeah, why not? Like, might as well be mayor. I'm like, well, you need a little bit more passion than, than that, in my yeah. opinion. So, definitely. Yeah. How's the uh, how's the mozzarella ball there? Is that what you have? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, so if you're different, I'm good for right now. Breaded. Yeah, it's that breaded mozzarella ball. Cool. The Cuban is awesome. You liking it? The Cuban is very good. The pork on it's cool. delicious. Cuban's awesome. Just keep says. enjoying that. Yeah. I uh, something else I like to see in people is that they've been involved in the community before they decide to run for office. And that doesn't have to be like in an official capacity, like a board or a commission or something like that. But um, I mean, Kelby really impressed I was, me. I was going to say that. the same. Kelby, Kelby, again, somebody I don't politically agree with, right? He was specifically the one I said to you of, man, I'm glad there's people like that in this community that jump in and work. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't vote for him, and I'd probably you know help an opponent, but... I love that he jumps in. Hey, here's a need. Here's this, and he's talking about grabbing corn from the farmers market in a station wagon. Like that. That is that local action. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome to see. It just makes you like happy that, again, whether you vote or not, you hear people like that, and you're like, I'm happy. I live in a community with people who will do things like that. Because I did, I wasn't aware of that need. I wasn't in a position to help. He was aware. He took that action individually. Helped a lot of people. Um, you know, not. Not, he mentions it as like an example of his service, but not as like a, oh look how virtuous I am, pat and pat myself on the back and things. Um, so I, I think it's really cool to to see to hear people's stories. Uh, Willie, uh, to to stick on the people's first coalition, um, Willie also had a lot of examples of her service in her professional and personal life that were very impressive too. Long list of accomplishments there. So Sheila Motney was was another one there. Like that that's not necessarily the same vein, but the 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 quality the her her background, the, what she brings to the table as far as professional st- I mean mm-hmm. Harvard, right? Like you're you're going, wow, okay. So yeah. Although ISU is pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> hey I'm from ISU. I like ISU. And Heartland. <laughs> anyway. Um Anything else on that? Anything um, you could slide over to Justin if you wanted. Anything that you like really look for in a candidate? That, that have you had vaccine? I have. Sharing this, I have too. actually. Oh, yeah. congratulations! Just the first one. Me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like we're sharing a mic. Now. I don't know. <laughs> Anything I'm looking for in a candidate? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, like kind of. What do you look for in when you're when a candidate uh, is presented to you? What's some of the characteristics? Uh, knowledge of local issues is by far the number one thing. Okay. <laughs> Too often, I think candidates like to talk about things that have nothing to do with local government. And then when you press them on issues of local government, um, they kind of skirt around the position. And I understand why, because local government's not sexy, right? 
Um, but it's what's important. That's what we're electing them for. So it does frustrate me. It doesn't make them bad people. But oftentimes I see people that run for office and then decide that they should probably learn something about it instead of learning something about it and deciding if they should run for office. Yeah. And it's incredibly frustrating to me um, when that happens. Because, I mean, I, there are people that I talk to that run for office and I just press on some very basic issues about, you know, how large is the city budget? Um, you know, you're going to be in charge of that. <laughs> um, you know, who's the one employee that you hire? Uh, you know, things like that that, that, that the people don't know before they announce they're running for office and it doesn't make sense to me so that's the number one thing outside of that it's all things that I care about right like I mean that's a very generic umbrella thing that I would think everybody that runs should have but then things that are important to me like downtown Bloomington um, you know the some of the uh, Miller Park Zoo um, parks and when I say parks I'm probably going to surprise people because I think Bloomington has way too many <laughs> I think we could spend that money on Parks and Rec to better the parks we have um, or market the parks that we have better. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I think we – I mean, parks are good overall. Like, no one – I'm not going to say, like, this park sucks, but, like, we don't need to build a park in every subdivision. Yeah. <laughs> there were, there were uh, several people on the podcast who mentioned casually, like, well, since I've been watching – since October, when I was watching, <clears throat> since I've been watching the city council, or like in the last three months when I've been meeting people on the city council, and I'm like, like, whoa, okay, I mean, yeah, that that's very difficult for me as well. As somebody who like lives this day in and day out and is very actively engaged in things, and yeah. um, like I can name all the. I can name all the council members in order in Bloomington, right? Can <laughs> yeah. you do that? Like, that seems like a basic thing to do. Yeah. Uh, it surprises me that someone would want to run for an office if they don't have a have a deeper understanding of it first. So. And I'll push back as a landscaper, Justin, <laughs> and you about the value of park. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I think it's people get single-tracked, right? And sometimes that's all they think about, and they're not, like we were talking about earlier, they're not able or willing to step back and see the big picture and how it might affect some other things. I would say, though, I would love to see downtown Bloomington actually have some sort of a park, right? If, we're gonna, if one of those buildings is going to end up coming down at some point, and you would think that might happen I would love to see a nice green space block just to be clear you're saying different from the one across from Castle Theater yeah yeah that was do you consider that outside of downtown no 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 I think that's okay. considered downtown but I think that's too small okay so you said a larger I see, one. Yeah. yeah 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 I think that would there would be a benefit to having something like that in downtown Bloomington isn't downtown technically a Park like Parks and Rec is responsible for like the foliage and stuff, right? They changed that recently. Justin's nodding <laughs> <laughs> as he's having his Cuban <laughs> sandwich. Which he just so, took a huge yes, bite. I, Tyson asked I, I believe you're correct. Yeah, that, that was that was a piece of the downtown task force that they did adopt. Is that they're in charge of leasing the plantings or waterings? I believe right now. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. Need a one more mic. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so um. Well, yeah, I, I'd say my last thing I'd mention, um, I need a better term for this, and I'll tell you why. But I, I summarize it right now as I want a builder and not a breaker. And the reason I don't like it using the term breaker is that that's the term that the uh, – after ad adopting that, I found out that by reading the, the uh, Gulag Archipelago that that's the term that the Soviets used for the people that they were saying were, like, undermining their great society and throwing in the Gulags. So I don't like the history associated with that term, so I need a better one. But putting that aside, um, 
I like to hear people that have positive ideas for the community um, who will say, I don't like this, I like this instead. I don't think this was a, you can, you don't have to just say rah rah everything, right? Uh, Everything's great, we need government to do everything. You can be against government action on things, but you need to express what you do like. Even if it's just like, I like funding the roads in this way, (laughs) not just the roads are broken, right? Or I don't like what happened in Uptown. It's too much, we got too much debt, I don't like what happened in Uptown. I think you can say, this part of it, I, I was happy they replaced the infrastructure because it enabled things like a CVS to be built that couldn't have been built with the existing infrastructure, and it cleaned up some very hazardous sites, made it a lot nicer. I think they should have stopped there. I would like to stop there and just continue to invest in fundamental infrastructure. You know, you can position it that way. Um, so I think the person who did that the, the best to me was Brad McMillan in Normal. He, uh, he talked about balance, but he really was talking about balance. He would say... I like this part of normal, but I'd be hesitant to move any further because of this. I think the library needs to be bigger. I'd love that to be a community space. Very invested in the library. It needs to be there. I need to make sure that there's proper funding for the capital programs that are underlying that, right? He, He really meant balance for balance. Some people use the term balance just to mean... We're not going to do anything because we need balance. We can't expand the library. We can't build a transit center. We can't like build a, do anything because we have to balance. And they just really mean not doing anything. And, so and no. to your point, Brad was my biggest surprise of this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that that to your point, he said, "I'm for this and I'm for this and I'm for this," and it was like, "Wait, two of those are more liberal issues, and two of those are more conservative issues." You're for whoa, and and that's your point of it wasn't a no. It was I'm for these four items. And it was some on both sides of the, the aisle, right? And Jeremy, you and I are the one that uh, talked to him. And I think after he got off, we both said, like, that was impressive. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, we both just sat there for about five or ten minutes and had a discussion about how impressive that was. Um, because, he, one, I knew nothing about him. Um, zero about him. Before. And I knew some coming in from, yeah. from pr- previous life. But. I knew nothing about the guy. And, and uh, he blew me away, honestly. He had... He, he was well-educated on the issues, and he was firm in his stance and articulated them very well. It'll pick up both of you now, just so you know, so okay. you can switch it back and forth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. He was, he was a surprise for me and, as well. And not that I'm doing endorsements, but this is the one I'll say. I'm in normal. He earned my vote from that conversation with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I think the one that comes to mind be kind of interesting to talk a little bit more about is Tilly in that regard. Because, Jeremy, you and I have talked offline about about that um, you know, concern. Is he offering positive priorities? Um, or is I, – I will say I don't tend to hear them, but I worry I've got kind of liberal ear on, and maybe I'm not making the steps I need to make to connect things. Maybe his negatives do go to positives. I just can't quite get there. Um I'm kind of curious of your your thoughts on that. Yeah, so we've we've had quite a bit off off air debate and, and talk on this. Um, I I think uh, I think Tertilli gets a bad rat, and, and here's where all the Facebook comments are going to come right <laughs> on this. And, and I realize I'm sitting at the table with three people who are in the liberal camp. That, <laughs> here we go. This uh, is how we are. This is 
finally. <laughs> After I'm, a, months. I'm, a, I'm a very moderate voter. Okay. <laughs> I realize I'm sitting at the table who was somebody who very moderate voter that publicly endorsed Chris Coos the other day. That part is true. That part's true. Okay. So um, But you're yeah. sharing the same mic and in a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eating delicious pub partisanship. Um, so so I, I think that uh, trying to label Tertilli as just an angry voice of no is a wrong approach um, because he is not that candidate. And I can see how you can say that in other other candidates, other stuff. I do not think he is that candidate. Um, I think he is more researched and um, articulate in his position of, look, you can disagree with the position, right? But him saying, like, we are taking a wrong approach on debt. Here's instead what we need to be doing. We need to pay down XYZ debt. We need to do that so that then we create $7 million instead of spending it in interest and do it on the roads, and then our community is going to be better, and then we're going to attract more business. It's a long game, and it's a, a whole bunch of steps, right? But you are you are making an error in if you think he's just like, don't pay interest. Don't, don't do loans. That's it. Because don't get me wrong, there's candidates that do that, right, that come in and just attack that, and, and basically it's you're doing wrong. I asked him about that on the podcast, right? right? I forget the way I phrased that question, but it was something on the lines of, are you for zero debt? Because Norm, like we've heard him say, and, and this is why I'll, I'll push back a little bit on what you're saying, that he does deserve some of this, because he says things like, Normal started as zero debt before Coos, and now we are this much, mm-hmm. which would imply the fact that he wants zero debt. Well, it, it implies that if that's what you're thinking his goal is, right? So then you asked him, what is your goal? And, and did he say we need to be a zero debt? No. He no, didn't. he didn't. He said there is a level of debt that is acceptable for investments and stuff. And I don't think this project and this project and this project meets that. To Tyson's point, if he would have articulated that better himself, I wouldn't have had to ask the question. Right? I mean, that's, that's my point. Is, is he's, he's getting labeled as a person of no because his language is making him sound like the person of no. Okay. So, and, and I, I appreciate that. The pushback I'd have is so he says in a debate, like, hey, here's one, two, three, and GLT runs an article saying he's lying. And he runs a video and says, here's my facts and data, of which Denim comes back and says, you used the wrong data, which then he comes back and says, and it's that back forth, which I actually said, Tyson, I love that that happened. Because we never get into that depth of drilling down to truth and drilling down to facts. I, so you can say if he would have articulated it better up front, we never would have gotten into that, right? But for people to just, I saw on that article, GLT posts and says, you know, he lied on three things. And people in that article, you're right, he's a liar. They were done. They were out. That was that was all they need to see. They weren't looking at evidence true. behind. And so to mislabel him as he's just saying no and that's it. It's a wrong approach, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I Everybody's don't, being very quiet and looking <laughs> at me weird here. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and I know um, someone had asked, I can't remember what platform it was on, someone had asked on, on a comment, either Twitter or Facebook, that uh, questioning one of Coos's comments about fact-checking. And, and I think Ryan's response was, uh, Ryan Denham from GLT's response was, uh, yeah, that's coming. And, and that actually made me think. I'm like, good. Right. Uh, the balance, you know, balance reporting is good, and I think GLT overall does a good job. Of that. Um, but it, it is a misservice when the first one is to one candidate, and they're not put out at the same time. Because to your point, Jeremy, as soon as someone sees it, they're going to make a decision, and it doesn't matter what comes after that. Right. No, I think that's fair. Is this a to that point you just raised? Now, is this where we start talking about how a candidate treats media? 
in overall, their, whether it be their personality or their overall approach to um, handling various interviews and things like that. So if you're a candidate that tends to be kind of abrasive um, with reporters, if you're a candidate that don't don't that you, you don't seem to open up to reporters, are you rightfully or not inviting some this kind of um, attitude back towards you? Just uh, throwing that out there. Yeah, like Blumenshine Blum won't talk to WGLT, and he didn't accept our invitation after multiple attempts either. He even tried to get a mutual friend to vouch for us that we were going to be fair. He still didn't want to come on. To be fair, he has a radio station. Doesn't really need to come on a podcast, right? Like, that's cool. But he seems he seems resistant to and media. There, and there's many yeah. Democratic candidates that won't go on Cities 92 as, as a result, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess it's... Um, where I would go to, where my mind goes to that is like that's what we want to try to do with PodBN is to not be that way, right? Like we want to be somebody who gets the most authentic version of the person out there and lets them speak their mind most clearly. And they don't feel like they need to come in. I've prepared candidates to go into interviews before, and you got to come loaded for bear, right? You got to have all your ducks in a row. You got to prepare for the questions. You got to. Like keep it real tight and concise, and like it's it's a battle, right? It's like a you you are you are fighting to get them to run the thing that you want them to run for you, and so I could understand not wanting to go on to some place or not wanting to be friendly with somebody who you think is not aligned with you politically because it's just gonna be that much harder. Yeah, I I mean I agree with you, Tyson. I'm gonna fight back on what Jeremy said before because. Um, I don't think we are the liberal version of cities, right? I mean, like, you said there are... We are. Uh, Who's we? That? You said we are. Oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't saying... No, I know, I know but, but you said, like, some people won't go on cities. Well, I don't think GLT is either. I don't think GLT is the liberal version of... And I'll go on record and say I think we need a liberal version. <laughs> Seriously. That's all you. But that's all you. I, I actually don't like. I'm fine with. I'm fine with cities. I've been on cities a number of times, and their partner radio stations. There's a. I I I, I have a little bit of issue calling some of the stuff news, um, just like I would on the other side. Um, but yeah, I mean, for going back to David Paul Blumenshine, for him not to want to come on a podcast that the vast majority of every other candidate has gone on. He could do his research on, he could see what the platform was. I think it's just petty. I think if you're only going to talk to people that are going to sit there and go, yeah, you're right. Then like, you don't deserve that office. Yeah. Um, I want to be clear too. Jim Froon did, we did have him scheduled and he tried to come on and there was a conflict with his job where he couldn't do it. So, um, I don't want to paint everyone who didn't come on the podcast as being that way. Um, he he made an attempt to, too, so um, yeah. Well, I'm glad we got to dig into Kuz Tilly a little bit because it's 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 complicated, right? And a lot of it is like sort of what your ear is not is going to hear, right? And any, is there any predictions around the table who's going to win that race? Like, not who you're going to vote for. I think Tertilli's going to win by a lot. By a lot. By a lot. Give me, a, give me a margin. What's the point? Uh, well, I... Maybe over so, so, uh, Six votes. Let, let me, <laughs> no, here's, 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 here's my breakdown on this. I think that uh, the last election, um, this is my take, and it could be totally wrong, right? Yeah. So disclaimer there. Um, I, I think that uh, he was relatively unknown, and Coos didn't necessarily run hard and, and thought it was just going to be pretty easy, and it was an 11-vote thing. That was a wake-up call, and I think... 
I think the mayor has seen that as a wake-up call and is certainly doing more and more active and people are out there this time. Um, to your point earlier, Tertelli's been running for four years. You look at the vote margin Stan Nord had, let's be honest, a lot of those votes are probably Tertelli votes and he had a very large uh, uh, win and within my friends on the conservative side, I hear people say like, you know, that they wouldn't necessarily support Nord but they're all in on Tertilli because mm-hmm. they are different candidates and and so given that I mean, I I, I don't want to say a blowout. I think if but, the, you're saying blowout, that's kind of what you're saying. I, I, <laughs> Five points plus. Yeah. Is, yeah. I think that the fact that the conversation, I think uh, Mark has been successful at framing the conversation largely around debt. Um, there's GLT ran an article on that. Here's you know here's the candidates' views on on debt. The more that we talk about that, I think the more successful he's going to be. That's his issue. Uh, Kuz is framing it more around Rivian, which he's right to do, which is that's a huge success story yep. during his tenure, right? So the more, to me, the more talk you see about Rivian and quality of life, the better it is for Kuz. The more you see about debt and finances, the better it is for Mark. So that's What's my your prediction. That's my my prediction is the Tiratilli. Tiratilli, yeah. Big margins, it's close. Uh, I think it's going to be close. I think all elections are going to be close. That breaks down pretty strongly among, like, Democrat-Republican lines, honestly. So I I think it's (laughs) 50-50. So I'm asking because, honestly, I didn't have a prediction before I asked the question. I don't know. Um, I'll I'll make one if you want, if you're going to force me into one. Do it. But I I think it's really going to come down to COVID, actually. I think it's going to – I think think whatever the the result is of mayor and normal is going to tell us where normal voting block is on COVID. Mm. I think if people think that we should have been more cautious and shutting down restaurants was a good idea, I think who's wins. Um, I think if people are overwhelmingly upset about that, I think Tiratilli wins. Um, I think that's that's the only one that matters today. Um, so that that's what I think. Now, now you're asking like, where do I think normal is? Um, gosh, it's so hard not to have like some blinders on, right? Um, especially when I, I I'll say this: I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a landslide one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I. This is a totally biased thing. I'm going to go Coos on a close race. Um, it's biased just because who I'm hearing and what I'm hearing in my circle is people more concerned with COVID, and that is why I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to guess that way. That makes sense. Uh, but I could be wrong. The past going to abstain. No, no. Actually, I'll just weigh in on a couple observations. So, Justin, you and I had a conversation, I think, last summer where I made a prediction that if Democrats did well in the fall and the November election, um, and by well I meant at least get Joe Biden elected, um, do reasonably well in some federal races, um, and reasonably well locally at the county level, um, that we would see a big backlash against that in the upcoming municipals right afterwards. And I think that's what we're experiencing. I would say the Democrats did do well in the November elections, um, and what we're seeing now is that backlash. Um, and I think that's going to have a huge effect both in Bloomington and in Normal in their races. Um, I think both you and Tyson are correct in the sense that the more we're talking about the positive things of Normal, whether it be Rivian, whether it be the way they've handled uh, the pandemic or anything else positive, the more that conversation turns that way, the better the odds are for Chris Cruz. The more we're talking about debt and and short-term, I think... um, Issues, the more it favors Mark Tertilli. It would not surprise me to see him win. No. I think it will be close um, either way. 
And, and it's funny with normal uh, talking about the incumbency thing because usually an incumbent is like favored, right? That's that's, that's a big thing. Two things that I think counter that uh, this cycle is one, Tiritilli has been campaigning four years, as we mentioned, like he's had a head start on this camp, this particular campaign, um, and. I think incumbency is a is a plus in to a certain point. I think once you have so many terms, then people's reaction is, you know what, it's just time for something else. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you strongly agree one way or the other, if you're on the fence, you might be like, ah, let's give the other guy a try, you know, um, or go, or go. Yeah, and this this particular chair, uh, it's a guy, but yeah, it's. Um, well, so I think I don't know. something I think is one. interesting as you say that, Pat, is that like in general. Normal's the more liberal part, right? It's the college town. Bloomington's more conservative. I, I don't know. I don't know that's true anymore. I was going to make yeah. the exact same point, Jeremy. I think that there, there used to be. It used to be that it way. It doesn't seem to be that way anymore. I, I don't think so. I, and I think as, yeah. as, as we move on, it's it's more and more turning. In, um, I yeah. would say Bloomington is becoming more progressive. Because last uh, last election two years ago, we had the we had like the liberal block in coalition <laughs> without a coalition name of uh was it pat turner um joel studebacher and uh i can't remember the last guy's name isu student oh yeah yeah i know um, what you're talking about i can't remember gosh either. feel bad we're facebook friends sorry man i really <laughs> <laughs> you'll hear about it later i'm really sorry i forgot you know what, my bad. Your name. <laughs> um anyway you had three people there and then you had three people who coalesced around stan nord you had karen smith and carl Sela and stan and then you had um like incumbent types rj and kathleen um rc rc yeah, RC. Sorry, RJ's, RJ's, <laughs> RJ's the Rivian. Another guy. Facebook friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just Lawrence. Pissing on the friends. <laughs> I call my call my wife by the wrong name. <laughs> um, anyway, I shouldn't have gone down that. Um, yeah, last time last time in normal, it was the kind of incumbent block, the challenger block, and then a partisan block, right? Yeah, yeah. And so now you don't have anybody who is identifying like with the socialist crowd, like with the Democratic Socialists of America in, in normal. There isn't anybody running on that banner. Um, but yet you have a large number of, you've got the People's First Coalition um, who are in that, in that farther left realm in Bloomington. And you don't really have any like vocal challengers in Bloomington. You don't have... You don't have a Stan Nord of Bloomington, right? Either in the mayor's race or in any of the council races. Uh, the, the, the people who are on the right are very much like centrist right, like Sheila Montney, um, that kind of thing. So I, Jeremy and I were talking about this off air, um, just because you mentioned Stan Nord and Bloomington races, that Ryan Denham has posted this like crazy, looks like, you know, chart from that meme <laughs> um, that, that everybody's connected to like PACs and what candidates are supporting what and an observation I made was that the only one that Maboka Mwamba was connected to was Stan Nord hmm. I, is that because Stan has endorsed Maboka? He did. He, he did. Okay. He's, he's endorsed both Tertilli and Aboka, and he okay. put it out there as like a, a unity of Bloomington Normal Coalition, and both of these yeah. gentlemen will work with and, across and the Diane, aisle. Diane Benjamin also endorsed both of them, too. Yes. So the, the kind of that right block 
Jeez. Which is, I mean, surprising to me. Um, speaking of Facebook friends, I'm oddly Facebook friends with every single Bloomington mayoral candidate. Um, <laughs> so that is also why I have been not posting a lot about mayor stuff on my Facebook is because I'm friends with all of them. But, like, Maboka has never struck me as a far-right person. Um, but his campaign and his endorsements lend to that, right? I mean, like you said... Well, I endorsed him, so I appreciate the far right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I I probably would have put him as a right person, you know, but, but like, the... I, I won't say her name, but the blog person, or um, Stan Nord, or um, he's got Chuck Erickson, a, a very conservative uh, Republican on the county board working on his campaign. That all surprised me. Every single one of those surprised me when they happened. I was like, oh... Okay, and I'm actually more surprised that there hasn't been any pushback on it from the voters or from the People's First Coalition or from the Straza campaign or, or whoever. It's like, why isn't anyone pointing that out? Um, that surprised me. And because because uh, Straza has gotten a couple endorsements from different types of PACs. Um, Chamber. Chamber PAC, Chamber uh, People's First and sensible Wait, cities. People's first? No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting them all confused. Not people's first. <laughs> sorry about that, people's first. Um, what's the one uh, in normal? Um, sensible cities? Is that sensible cities? Or, uh, the, the two packs. I, yeah. yeah, there's I two packs. I can't remember the names. Um, so three packs total count the chamber as of right as of the recording of this. Um, and they're, I think they're all slightly different, right? I mean... The one, specifically the one in normal that like Coos was a part of and Straza was a part of at one time. Responsible cities. Yeah. Is it responsible cities? Thank responsible you. Cities, yeah. <laughs> um, so like that one, I don't think is a right wing pack or business pack, so to speak, like the chamber is and that other one that he's received is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jackie has received um, a couple like larger state national packs, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. All, all the left side. Yeah, yeah. social issue type right. stuff. Right. Um, the criticism I see of Straza is that he's friends with Coos, so it's go by association. It's like he's he's he was involved with responsible cities. He and Coos are tight. He's worked on like um, the like I think he worked, helped work on the um, town of Normal, like co- some kind of planning. Yeah, he helped work, with the comp plan. Comp and, plan. And so it's like oh, he's tied to those establishment people, so he's a Coos guy. So we don't want him. Do you think? Yeah. This is a question um, which I don't think is. I, I just say the, the I, one, I say that with a smirk on my face because I don't think because somebody is friends with someone that you should. Well, I don't think true. who somebody is friends with should determine who you vote for. That's true. But, that's um, true. Don't hold me and Jeremy being friends against yeah. me if I ever run for office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. The, but what I was going to say was that I don't know if being associated with Coos is a bad thing to Bloomington voters. To normal voters, sure, I can make sense with that. But like, there's a lot of people I talk to in Bloomington. Again, this is kind of my downtown glasses I'm putting on a little bit. But they all look at Uptown and like, man, I wish we had some of that in downtown Bloomington. Yeah, well, or, or things like that. So like, if you're going to associate yourself with Coos, I can see a lot of Bloomington people going like, yeah. So I'll challenge that a little bit. Within your sure. your camp, your community, yes. Yeah. Within a, oh, yeah. a more right-wing community, that is, that is sometimes viewed as a negative because, like you're saying, I wish we had more of that. There's some people like, let's stay away from that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Look who just walked in. Hey, there he is. Ooh, the first PodBN cliffhanger. Who is this mysterious guest that's about to join the PodBN table? Move along to part two of the election edition debrief to figure that out. And if you already made it this far, you might as well just go the rest of the way. we got a couple more hours coming at you. So much to cover in these municipal elections. 
and so many more beverages and snacks to order. 